Welcome to Shape by Faith with your host, Teresa Rowe. To find out more about Shape by Faith and Teresa Rowe, please visit shapebyfaith.com or visit the YouTube channel, Facebook, or Instagram. And now, here is Teresa Rowe. Welcome to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. My guest today is Marla Carter. She's the programming director for Faithful Friends Kentucky. Since 2018, Marla has been working to improve the quality of life for those in long-term care. She and her husband, Todd, both serve as consumer members of the Grad Ombudsman Advisory Council through their outreach ministry at their church and through their organization, Faithful Friends Kentucky. They've coordinated a variety of projects to serve the residents and the staff in nursing homes in their community. Welcome to Shape by Faith, Marla. Hey, thank you. It's good to be here. Absolutely. Um, Well, I would love for you to give our listeners your background, anything you want to share and about your family and what your life was like before becoming an advocate for residents in nursing homes. Sure. Um, so I was a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> um, I actually do have, I have a degree in early childhood um, or elementary education. Um, and I did um, like two years, I think, of, of teaching before staying home with my babies. And then I was their teacher. Um, and so uh, that was my life. That consumed my life for a long time. As moms of little kids know, that that is all encompassing. You wear a lot of hats. You have a lot of different roles. And so that was, that's who I was really was my, you know, I allowed that to be my identity uh, in some ways, um, which probably not always a good thing, but the, it really was, um, you know, who I was, was, was a mom and a homeschool mom. And um, that was important to me to be able to interact with my kids in a way that uh, met their needs um, for education, but also for relationship so that um, education was based more on a relationship as a family and a relationship with the Lord. And um, so that everything we did could be centered on him, whether it was math or science or you know, language arts, whatever, that everything um, was integrated with our faith. And so um, that was uh, what I did for a while. I, as I was maneuvering or, or shifting out of that, I, I kind of went to um, some training, some or, um, encouragement of other moms um, homeschooling that they were kind of just starting their journey. I did some speaking and training um, to equip and empower moms. And, and as I got to the end of um, that journey, as my kids were getting ready to graduate high school, you know, I kept thinking, nervously, in fact, you know, what am I going to do with myself <laughs> when, well, you know, do I want to go back to the school system? You know, what am I going to do? And so um, God really um, just brought, brought the next chapter into my life, certainly in a way that I hadn't expected. Um, but it was very obvious that what I was going to do was shift from children to the elderly. Okay. So, you know, when you're talking about homeschooling, that's, that is a huge ministry. I have three daughters and two of them homeschool their children. And one is a school teacher. And it is, you know, raising up children in the way of the Lord is a huge ministry. And you're shifting and shaping their life along with, of course, the word of the Lord. So that is huge. Um, So obviously there was, you know, like you were saying, that transition period. It's funny how 
God always shows us, you know, when we think, what are we going to do next? Or how's this going to work out? And he always brings things about for his glory. So when did you realize that, that God was calling you to shift from your children to the lonely and forgotten elderly and nursing homes? Well, it actually um, took me a while, I think, to, to recognize that. So my mother-in-law was in, um, she was went into the nursing home in 2018. Before that, she was kind of in and out of personal care. And, and during that time, um, we met like her roommate and a couple of other residents that lived in the personal care facility. And really my husband um, was the one who led the way he, he made these relationships uh, with these little ladies and, um, you know, started visiting them and trying to um, meet some of their needs. And I was kind of drug along <laughs> with that. I kind of <laughs> went along for the ride. Not right. that I didn't, not that I didn't want to, but that was just not, he's always had a passion Mm -hmm. um, for the elderly. And like I said, my focus has always been kids. And so I just didn't, that wasn't where I always felt comfortable, you know, with the, with the older people. And so, um, as we, as, as my mother-in-law, um, went into the nursing home and we started to visit her, um, then I started to see, um, the need and my heart started to be softened to where I definitely was feeling a call to, to step up and, and make a difference in the lives of nursing home residents. Well, when you say you saw the need, what, what was it that you saw, Marla, when you started visiting your mother-in-law? Um, you know, I had no idea what went on inside a nursing home. Um, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say I really didn't. And I drove past a nursing home every single day and um, did not know what life was like inside. Hadn't been in one since I was a little kid, probably on a school trip, Christmas caroling, you know, like I just didn't know. And so when we would go visit her, um, you know, we were really surprised to see the number of residents that would be um, just sitting alone, whether in their rooms or out in the common areas in the lobbies and the hallways. And, you know, we visited on a pretty regular basis. And so they kind of also expected us to see us. And so uh -huh. they would sometimes be waiting for us and wanted to chat and they were just so hungry for conversation. And, um, we, we, it wasn't long before we, we would be there and we would have groups of residents around us. We'd be out in the lobby and we'd have all the wheelchairs in a little circle around us, or we would, we would go with them to, to dinner and we would seat them in the dining room and we would sit with them and chat with them. And so, um, and then we realized, man, there's more people here than, than we can even start, you know, there's so many needs. We, we started learning, you know, did research and started reading about how 60% of nursing home residents never receive a single visitor. And in my experience, I would say it's probably more than that too. It's probably closer to 80%. Um, wow. But that, that is unbelievable that they would spend their final days, um, whatever time they had left. Um, just kind of locked away behind closed doors, forgotten for the most part, you know, and and alone. Well, Marla, break down the differences between um, assisted living and a nursing home. What's the difference there? Yeah, that's important because um, often we've learned, and, and we did the same thing, we've learned that the terms nursing home and assisted living are often used interchangeably, but they're not the same thing. Um, so they are both types of long-term care. In Kentucky, um, there's different levels of long-term care. 
um, and it kind of breaks down into the way the facility is licensed or certified. So assisted living facilities are not um, licensed. They don't accept Medicare or Medicaid. They're all private pay in that way. Um, sometimes they take long, long-term long care insurance, um, but those are generally going to be obviously your more um, expensive, pricey um, kinds of places. And they offer minimal assistance uh, with your activities of daily living, meals and snacks, um, that kind of thing. They don't offer you know nursing care. Um, they're they're really good for senior adults who primarily need community and socialization. Mm-hmm. Then you've got personal care homes, which is kind of the in-between. Um, and they are licensed by the state and do accept some form of um, state supplement benefits. And then your highest level of care, skilled nursing, is what, what most people are going to know as a nursing home. Okay, So those are licensed by the state and accept Medicare, Medicaid, VA benefits. Um, And that's the highest level of care, including therapy, um, assistance with activities of daily living, management of your meds, um, therapy, restorative nursing care, that kind of thing. Right. I know we're not a physician and I don't claim to be. um, So please consult with your physician. But how do you know when a person should go to a nursing home versus the personal care home? Well, technically, I think you do have to meet. Um, there are um, standards that you'd have to meet as far as a percentage of your activities of daily living that you can do for yourself, such as dressing yourself or bathing yourself. And then um, it also gets down to incontinence. Actually, if you want to get into the mm-hmm. into the weeds, whether or not you can um, go to the bathroom, you know, you can go to the bathroom, and then also am self ambulatory. So if you can get around by yourself, now that doesn't necessarily mean walking, you could use a wheelchair, but if you can um, self-ambulate, then you can also still be in personal care. But once you kind of start losing those things, then you're definitely not going to meet the qualifications any longer and you'd have to go to skilled care. Okay. We're going to take a real quick break. We'll be back with more Shape by Faith. Everyone stay tuned. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. Marla Carter is my guest today. She's a programming director for Faithful Friends Kentucky. Um, Since 2018, her and her husband, Todd, um, started Faithful Friends Kentucky to bring awareness to those living in nursing homes. And so, Marla, I love the way you're breaking down the, you know, the skilled nurses, the nursing home, the personal care homes, and then the assisted living. That was really good because I I think sometimes we get confused about that if if we're not real sure what all happens in, in these different areas. So what yes. are some of the greatest needs of those living in nursing homes? Okay, so I'm um, talking about skilled nursing homes like we were talking about before the break. Um, for sure, um, it's going to be loneliness. You know, they they just need relationship. They need a friend. Um like we said before, 60% or more don't ever receive a visitor. And that's for a variety of reasons. You know, maybe they, maybe the person didn't have um, any family. They didn't have children of their own. Maybe their loved ones have already passed. Maybe they live in a different state. You know, there's lots of reasons for that. Um, There are, sadly, there are people who have families who just don't visit them. Um, But so definitely just the need for relationship is is huge and then also um because of the the medicaid allowance in the nursing home so people most nearly everybody that's in a skilled nursing home is going to be receiving medicaid 
And that means that um, the state has determined that, you know, they take all their money and to, to pay for it. And then they, they give them a monthly allowance. And in Kentucky, that monthly allowance is $40 a month. Oh, and gosh. so that $40 has to go for any anything extra. So if they want to get snacks, if they want to get their hair cut, if they need a new pair of shoes, if, you know, $40 doesn't go very far. No. Um, and Mm-mm. so we noticed right off the bat that there were people that needed um, socks and shoes and pajamas that fit and you know even um, Kleenex and um, things like shampoo and lotion because what they get in the nursing home that is provided but it's going to be you know like a hospital medical grade product you know it doesn't smell good it doesn't remind you of home a product you've used before name brand you know and so a lot of residents would really prefer to have um, their own stuff, you know, what I, I would do. I want yes. my own shampoo. And, and there's, you know, some loss of dignity there when you have to give all those things up. And so um, we, we really like to be able to bless residents with those kinds of things as well, because that's important. And snacks. I mean, you wouldn't believe how excited residents get if I come in with a package of peanut butter crackers or mm. pudding or because I just don't have access to those things, they don't have, you know, choices really about what they eat. Yes. So when they can have something extra, quote, <laughs> um, they just get so excited. This is good information, Marla. I, I think we all need to hear this. And I think there needs to be more, more awareness. So I appreciate what you and your husband are doing to bring awareness to those in nursing homes. So, okay, what about the staff? How can we better serve them? Um, yeah, the staff is definitely um, a mission field in and of itself. Um, you know, most of the staff in a skilled nursing facility is going to be comprised of certified nursing assistants. The, you know, they do have RNs, but but the majority of people providing direct care are going to be those CNAs. And so CNAs don't make very much. You know, they're on average 11 to $13 an hour. Um, a lot of those workers are working multiple jobs to make ends meet. Um, they've got their own stresses and in their personal lives. And then here they are taking care of people. Um, you know, it's, it's hard work. It's, you know, lifting and changing diapers and brushing teeth and dressing. That, that's really hard. It's physically demanding, but it's also um, thankless work, you know, really. And so um, sometimes I feel like there's a, a lack of um they don't feel appreciated. They don't feel valued, you know? And so that's one thing we really try to do. We've made an effort to make sure that um, we always say thank you, but that we do things like, um, oops, sorry. We do things like um, cards for residents and um, we do um, meals like uh, staff appreciation we've done before. We've done little uh, treat uh, boxes, uh, care packages at nurses stations so they can come by and grab things. Um, you know, just anything to show them that we care. Um, also, you know, asking how can we pray for you? You know, we're there for the residents. They see us interacting with them, praying with them. And then, and, you know, we, we don't want them to feel left out. We want them to know we care about them too. And, and so it also goes a long way to building trust. You know, a lot of, um, A lot of the staff can sometimes be skeptical of people that come in and stay for a while. Like, you know, why would Mm -hmm. you come here? What what is your real motivation? And so once they learn that you're there just because you love them and you love the residents, it really goes a long way to building 
um, trust and more opportunities to minister to them as well. And I firmly believe when you minister to the staff, it helps them improve the quality of care too, because they feel appreciated and supported and valued. Absolutely. It's sort of like when my children way back in the day were in school, I would always make sure the teacher was happy and her snacks and treats and gift cards just to let her know how much we appreciated her. So it, it totally makes sense. All right. So you saw the need there and you took action. So how did you actually get started um, and form that Faithful Friends Kentucky? And how can others jump in there alongside of you or, or help somehow? Sure. Well, apologies for the, the phone ringing earlier. I actually have to tell you that was a resident oh, <laughs> of a nursing you're home. You're fine. Calling. This is real life. <laughs> it is. We have, a, we have a friend at a facility that calls us several times a day, and that was actually him, and I'd forgotten to turn my ringer off. So my apologies. Um, but so during um, the pandemic, we, our church, well, let's back up. So prior to the pandemic, our church had Um, supported us by making um, nursing home ministry and outreach of our church, Pleasant Valley Community Church. And so um, we had adopted the facility in which my mother-in-law lived so that we could best focus our efforts, you know, and rather than spreading things around, really focus on that one facility and those residents and staff. And so um, we started getting requests then like, um, can you come to my dad's facility? Can you come to this facility? Like, you know, people really wanting us to, to go other places. And we wanted to, but at the same time, you know, I'm like, well, there's only a few of us, you know, we had some volunteers from our church and we had us, but still there was not, we just can't be everywhere. And so that's when we decided to start Faithful Friends Kentucky during the pandemic. And we went ahead and pursued um, getting our 501c3 and, you know, incorporating so that our, our goal is to be able to help um, other churches, other people, and go in and do what we've done to learn lessons that <laughs> that we've learned. We want to train you so you, you know what to do from the get go and, and to make it really easy because sometimes, you know, going into a nursing home can be overwhelming. And so we want to make it as easy as possible for you to go in and immediately feel successful about what you're doing. Oh, that's good. I mean, people, do, they, they do need a heads up. And I think we all need, you know, that special training where you've been there and you're in the midst of it. Um, so can you give us maybe some helpful tips um, sure. what we could do sure. when visiting residents? Yeah, well, there's definitely resources on our website that you can read that talk about best ways to to visit and things to expect and do's and don'ts and that kind of thing. But I think the number one thing that I'd like to say to people is that be prepared to be uncomfortable at first. And that probably is not going to be what somebody wants to hear, but it really is. You have to be prepared for that. You, you have to understand that it really is a different world inside. So you have to expect that you're not always going to know exactly what to say or what to do in every situation. I still don't always know. And then also just to be in the residence world, be present with them wherever that is. So a lot of residents, because of dementia or things will tell you that they want to go home or that they are going home, um, which is likely untrue, um, but most of them firmly believe that. So instead of asking, well, when are you going home? You know, ask things like, well, what's your favorite thing about home? Tell me about home. Where did you grow up? Be present with them and whatever their present is, right? Instead of trying to reorient them or um, correct them about what may or not 
may or may not be going on in reality. That's really good. That is really good. Thanks for giving us those tips and suggestions. And we're going to hear more. We're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back with more Shape by Faith. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. Marla Carter, the Programming Director for Faithful Friends Kentucky. Marla, you're giving us such great information, things that I didn't even realize or know um, about nursing homes. So how are you and others helping to equip churches in Kentucky to adopt a pro-life ethic? Well, that that's one of the things that really um, changed for me as I learned more about aging and long-term care um, in, in this country is that um, for years, you know, when I would talk about being pro-life, I think what I really meant was being pro-birth. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I know that there are so many churches that are so good about supporting adoption and and um, pregnancy centers and that kind of thing. But only three percent of American churches actually have a nursing home ministry. And so that that would mean an actual ministry that's part of the budget that's organized, you know, like your youth ministry would be. Mm -hmm. And so um, I really um feel like we need to equip churches to, which is one thing we do, but also to kind of sound the alarm for, we need to be consistently pro-life, that pro-life doesn't just mean pro-birth, right? It's all the way to natural death. And so that's one thing that has really um, challenged me in the way that I think about life that, and um, that I want to help other churches consider as well, because that's the motivator then for going in and serving these people because, you know, as Christians, we're uniquely um, positioned to be able to serve um, people in all walks of life because we value life, right? Because we see people as made in the image of God and worthy of love and respect because they're made in the image of God, not because of of um, their productivity or, you know, who they are and what they can do, but rather because they are children of God. And so um, then that's the motivator for going in and and serving. And so um, the best way to get started um, is to um, pick, pick pick a nursing home. Um, I would say, and um, whether it's your Sunday school class or it's an entire church or it's a small group or just a few people, just a few friends, um, you know, pick pick one facility. It's, I think it's always best to focus your efforts in one facility and then get with that um, facilities activities director. And then we can help with that. Um, I have contacts for, for all of those people in this area. And so we can certainly help make those introductions um, and then just find out, you know, do you have any churches coming to, to serve you right now? We really like to. And, and what are your needs? And so if you ask, boy, most of them are going to be thrilled to have you. So mm-hmm. they're going to give you lots of ways you can help. So you know, we've done things like um, we've helped with parties before we've gone in and just really just been extra hands, right, to help with games or crafts or whatever. We've done um, that kind of thing. We've, we've done um, uh, socks. One month we did, in October, we did um, Socktober, and oh, we yeah. um, had some socks donated for all the residents in the facility, and then we went in and passed them out. That was fun. Um, we've done um, Sunday school in facilities. And that's really one thing. If, if a church adopts, you know, that's one thing that I really encourage people to do because these residents can't go to church. 
they don't leave really to go anywhere, sometimes to the doctor or the hospital, but they really don't leave. And so um, they can't go to church. So the church has to go to them. And so we want to be able to have some kind of a a service um, with them to just open kind of inter interfaith in the sense of we're all all Christians, you know, not uh, denominational. I don't let those things trip you up when you're in there, right? It's just about Jesus and about the gospel. And, and so um, we do, we do a lot of hymn singing because, um, you know, people that age, that's what they love. I I love that, but we we do a lot of hymn singing because they remember that they remember those words. They may not know who they are, where they are, but by golly, they'll be able to sing every word of every uh, hymn that you, that you pick out. So We'll sing hymns. We'll do some prayer. We often recite prayers because, again, those things are still stored in their brain and that, that's a way for them to participate. Um, and then we usually just do a little um, Bible lesson, you know, a lot of times interactive. You can't always they don't always have the ability to sit and listen, you know, for a long time. So it's it's very laid back. It's not a formal liturgical kind of a thing. But again, relational, you know, building relationships as you go and, and praying with residents and praying for residents and um, those are always, you know, you can do that on a big scale and you can do that on a small scale. You can do that with one resident, a group of residents, or, you know, the whole facility based on, you know, how many volunteers you have and your resources. You know, we're, we are called by God to honor our elders and those yes. with wisdom. And so by doing that, we are acting out of obedience to God Yes. And I know, and we don't do it for the blessing, but I know God blesses those who bless others. And it's so rewarding for that individual to go in and, and to make someone happy. I mean, that, that is a huge deal. Um, if we wanted to adopt a nursing home, Marla, you said, did you have a list of them like that are um, available? And I think it is so awesome that you can go in there and pray. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't oh, realize yeah. that either. So, oh yeah, absolutely. If someone um, wanted to contact you and and they're like, okay, we we would like to do this as yes. a group, um, would you have that list available? Yes, yes, I can absolutely get them connected, um, and and help them. Like I said before, we've got some you know resources for, for training and best ways to get started. But yes, if they if they already have a connection, you know, maybe there may be somebody that has a family member, a loved one in a facility already like we did. And so it just kind of organically grew in that situation. That's a great place to start. But if you don't have anybody, any personal connection, then for sure, um, you know, reach out and I can I can help make that connection for you. Okay, what's what's the best way to contact you? Um, Email, probably. So Marla, M-A-R-L-A at F-F-K-Y dot org. And you also have that website up, Faithful Friends Kentucky. Yes, FaithfulFriendsKentucky.org. And it's not, Kentucky's not spelled out. So it's FaithfulFriendsKY.org. Okay. We could go on and on. Our time's up and it was such a joy (laughs) to speak with you. But thank you so much for informing us about nursing homes and how we can help um, others with loneliness. Thanks. It was a pleasure to be here. I could talk about it all day. (laughs) Everyone have a blessed day. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Shape by Faith with Teresa Rowe. Remember to visit shapebyfaith.com to find out more about workouts, the TV show, podcasts, blogs, Shape by Faith products, and much more.